Father, some may still be praying, of course. Sometimes silence is awkward. But sometimes silence is what we need to be close to you. And so, Lord, I rest sometimes in this silence. I pray that our church does as well as we seek to honor you and glorify you continually as we come to you in prayer. All these things we have prayed, no matter what they were from our special hearts, to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here. As you know, um, we are missing a few people. This COVID stuff has just about done me in anyway, and I haven't even had it. But um, people are testing positive and on quarantined and afraid they're going to get test or test positive, so they're staying at home, and I can understand that. But I'm so thankful that you're here today. And uh, I just pray the Lord's richest blessings on all of us as we come here this morning. If I uh, have my numbers right, about 24 years ago, that's a long time, I was pastoring up in Indiana, and we went to a Promise Keepers meeting in um, uh, Indianapolis. I was trying to think of the city in Indiana. Uh, Indianapolis. And it was uh, a a huge uh, gathering of men. And I can remember one of the nights, and nothing else in that whole time together stood out to me like this did. But in one of the evening services, um, Tony Evans was speaking. You all know Tony from over here in the Dallas area. Um, black pastor, just a wonderful pastor. Uh, and he was the speaker that evening. And Chuck Swindoll had been on the agenda and had spoken, and he was still there and, uh, and back at the stage there. And Tony Evans was talking about respect and how much he respected certain people. And he mentioned Chuck Swindoll. And he asked Chuck Swindoll to come out on the stage, and he came out, and he told him to sit down in this chair. And Tony still has his mic on, and he's talking, and he brings out a, a basin of water, and he begins to wash Chuck's feet. And, and during that time, while he's doing that, he's talking about all of the ministry that Chuck Swindoll had had in his life, and how he had helped him as a young pastor, and uh, just the uh, looking up to him and the role model that he was and the ways in which he helped young ministers and get started and so forth. And it wasn't a dry eye in the whole place, I tell you. Um, we all just sat there because it was like he was not only talking about respect and how much he respected Chuck Swindoll, but he was demonstrating it as well. And as we think about respect, I think all of us would love to have or at least know that people respect us that much. Um, If you can think of somebody in your life that has demonstrated or shown that kind of respect to you, that's something that you cherish. That's something that we all want. We want to live that kind of a life where people would respect us um, for the things that we've done and the people that we've been. Now, what do we mean by respect? Well, a definition would be to honor. That's a big one, to honor somebody. You hold them up in high regard for the person that they are or something that they've done for you to help you. Uh, You esteem them. You value them. These are the words that would uh, be synonymous with respect. And it's just a, a, a feeling that you have where that person is very special to you because they've had an impact in your life or just the the um the object lesson, the example that they've been in your life. You may not have even known them that well, but they were just somebody that you looked up to. Now, 
We can show respect without feeling it. Think with me for a moment about the person that you work for, your boss. You may not like that person. They may be a, a, a horrible individual. Their marriage may be a, a, a joke and their whole life may be a joke. But because they are your boss, you show them respect out of the position, because of the position. Same thing is true with politicians and uh, government officials. You may show them respect, but you may not feel it. Now, I want you to get away from that because today what I want to talk to you about is the feeling of respect, the emotion, that what comes out of your heart toward another individual and what it takes for somebody to be respected. Now, this is what we're talking about, respect that is felt. It leads to action, but it begins in your heart. It's something that you feel for another individual. Now, let me ask you this question. Who comes to mind in your life? <coughs> I'm suffering from allergies. It's not COVID. It's just allergies, so bear with me, okay? Who comes to, to your mind in your life? A person that you respect. When I mention the word respect, who comes to mind? It could be somebody from your past, somebody in your life presently, but somebody that you have respect for, the deepest admiration, the, the deepest value that you have for an individual. Who is it? Okay. Now, you think with me, why is that? Why is it that you feel that way toward that person? Did they do something for you? Is it the example that they are in the world? Is it because you admire their their, uh, marriage, their their child-rearing abilities, their honesty? What is it about them? What is it about them that causes you to respect them? Now, here's what I want you to understand, okay? That what you feel for them, this respect that you have for them, it was earned. It's not something that's just you feel because, hey, they're nice people. You feel it for a reason. There's something about that person, something that they have contributed to your life in some way, that makes you feel the way that you do. That makes you put them up, so to speak, on a pedestal to say, I respect this individual for what they've done. And that's where I want you to, what I want you to understand about this message today. That respect is always earned. Respect is sometimes, um, I, get the, I get the idea that a lot of people in the world, professional athletes, <clears throat> government officials, things like that, they think that you're supposed to respect them simply because of the position that they hold. A guy scores a lot of touchdowns or is a great quarterback, a great athlete, whatever, and he thinks that you're supposed to respect him simply because of what he's done when, in fact, his life is a shamble and a disgrace. Now, we do show respect to people that earn it. But I want you to understand that whatever respect you feel for an individual, there's a reason for it. There's some reason, something that they have done. Now, here's where we're going with this message message today, and that is this. Wouldn't you like to know how to earn somebody's respect? Wouldn't you like to know what it is that you need to do in order to earn the respect of your spouse or the people that you work with or the people you attend church with, the respect of your children? What do I have to do to be the kind of person that individuals respect and lift up and admire and esteem. 
not because I'm, I've accomplished some great feat in the world, but because of my character. What do I have to do? Today we're going to look at several things. Several things that might cause that to happen. Now, when you get into your groups tonight, you can talk about others as well. This is not an exhaustive list. It's just three that are mentioned in Scripture that I want you to see. <coughs> but they are reasons why people might respect you. And these are things that you can work on. These are things that you can change about yourself. These are things that you can do in order to be a person that is respected. And that's what I want you to see. I want to take you to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at Proverbs. Now, those of you that may not quite understand Proverbs, Solomon wrote the majority of it. He was the wisest man in the world. And what Proverbs is is a collection of wisdom. It's a collection of things to live by. And in this, he talks about a lot of different things. But in regard to respect, I want you to see, first of all, what he says about the value of it. You may be sitting there today thinking to yourself, I don't need to be respected. I am who I am. You know, blah, blah, blah. I know. But yes, you do need it. And here's the value of it. Now watch. In Proverbs 22, verse 1, it says this. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. A good name. Now, that's talking about a person that is respected. Your name is good. People admire you. People uh, esteem you. This is what he's saying here. To be esteemed, admired is more desirable than great riches. Now, why? Why could, could Solomon say that to be respected is better than to be rich? Well, there's all kind of answers. Some that come to my mind would be this, that, you know what, there's a lot of rich people who are miserable in this world. There's a lot of rich people who are lonely in this world. Because your money can't buy you respect. Your money might buy you obedience. Your money might be able to hire somebody to do your beck and call, but your money cannot buy you the respect of other people. And so a lot of people who are wealthy die in loneliness and misery simply because they come to understand that it would have been better to have relationships in this life. Relationships come when you're respected. People want to be around you. People want to have a relationship with you. People want to follow in your footsteps. This is why Solomon is telling you and me that it is better to be respected than to have all the money in the world because in the end you'll die lonely. So then how, how do we get it? That's the question. How do we get this respect? How do we earn it? Now, here are the three things I want to draw out today, okay? Number one, you're going to, get, you're going to earn respect through integrity. You're going to earn respect from other people through integrity. Now, what do we mean by integrity? Well, to behave honestly, to behave morally. <clears throat> you have, you're, the, you're the kind of person who people trust who people would give you anything and, and entrust you with it because they know that you would take care of it and you would never, ever cheat them or take advantage of them. Um, integrity is, is a man that, uh, that loves his wife and would never cheat on her, and vice versa, same for the wife. Integrity is just honesty and righteousness. So here's what Solomon says about that. In Proverbs 21, verse 21, here's what he says. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Now, the word honor, that's respect. 
you want to find respect, you want to find honor, then here's the way you do it. You live a life of righteousness. Now, he's talking not about your position in Christ here. He's talking about the life you live. He's talking about the way you, you and I lead life, the way we talk to people, the way we deal with people, the way we uh, do everything. It, it, it is bathed in righteousness. When that happens, he says, that people then honor you and respect you. But not only that, look at what else he says here, just off the cuff. He says that whenever you live a life like that, that's when you really find life. Now, what does that mean? Well, he he says you realize then what's really important in life. You realize what's going to give you happiness and joy and peace and all of these other things. You begin to understand what life is all about and what's really important in life. But not only that, you find prosperity. Well, now, is this saying that if you live a righteous life, God's going to make you rich? No, he's simply saying this, that when you are a righteous person, people want to do business with you. People want to be your friend. People want to entrust you with things. People want partnerships with you. People want to hire you. It's just the natural outcome of living a righteous life. When you have integrity in your life, you will be respected in any number of ways. Now, here's a, I came across a story. It's a kind of a humorous story, but it kind of depicts what integrity is not, okay? Now, this is the opposite of what I'm talking about here. Let me read this to you. It says, a police officer pulled a man over one time for excessive speeding. He was doing about 85 and a 45, and so the police officer pulled him over, and they had this following exchange. Now, listen to it. The officer, sir, may I see your driver's license? The driver, I don't have one. I had it suspended when I got my fifth DUI. Officer, may I see the owner's card for the vehicle? It's not my car. I stole it. Officer, this car is stolen? The driver, that's right. But come to think of it, I don't believe I saw the owner's card in the glove box when I put my gun in there. The officer, there's a gun in the glove box, and the car is stolen. Yes, sir. That's where I put it after I shot and killed the woman who owns this car and stuffed her body in the trunk. Officer, there's a body in the trunk? Yes, sir, that's right. Hearing this, the officer immediately called the captain. The car was quickly surrounded by police, and the captain approached the driver cautiously. The captain, sir, can I see your driver's license? The driver, yes, sir, here it is. It is valid. The captain, whose car is this? The driver, well, it's my car, officer. Here's the registration. The captain, could you slowly open the glove box so that I can see if there's a gun in there? The driver, yes, sir. He opened the glove glove box, and sure enough, there's no gun in there. The captain, would you mind opening the trunk? I was told that there's a body in it. The driver, no problem. He opens the trunk and there's no body. The captain said, I don't understand it. He said, the officer who stopped you said you told him you didn't have a license, you stole the car, you had a gun, and that there was a body in the trunk. The driver looks at him and says, yeah, I bet he told you I was speeding too. (laughs) All right, that's not integrity, folks, okay? But I thought it was cute. Um... 
that's not an example of what I'm talking about when I talk about integrity. I'm talking about righteousness, honesty, and that sort of thing. You know what I mean by that. If you are a person of integrity, people will respect you. Now, here's the second thing that will bring you or help you to be a person that is respected, and that is to become a person of humility, to become a person of humility. Now, let me explain something. People sometimes think that humility means that you don't have a very high opinion of yourself. And that's not really the issue. The issue with humility is that you have the proper opinion of yourself. There's nothing wrong with looking at yourself and saying, you know what, I can do this and this and this really well. I'm not very good at that. Or to look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm a mediocre looking person. That's okay. I'm happy. You know? Pride, the opposite of that, is to think that, well, you've got to be the best at everything and you've got to be the best looking, the most talented, and all of these other things. And when you are a person of pride, often leads to jealousy because you're always wanting something that somebody else has or to put them down in order to make yourself look better. Who wants to be around that person? And this is why in the Bible, um, humility is looked at as being something that is so desirable. There was a man who was a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. He pulls into a gas station one time with his lovely wife sitting beside his side, his brand new, new car, had all the money a man could want. And he was just as proud of himself as he could possibly be. He goes in to get something in the store, and the attendant is pumping the gas. Well, this is back when the attendants, attendants did this. But he comes back out, and he notices now that his wife and this attendant are, are conversing and laughing. And he walks over, and the wife introduces him to this man. He says, I went to school with this man. And it, actually, we went on a date one time. So they exchange their, you know, uh, greetings and talking and getting to know each other. And then they get back in the car, and they leave. They're going down the road. The CEO is kind of quiet, and he looks over at his wife. He says, honey, I'll bet I know what you're thinking. He said, I bet you're thinking that you are so happy that you married me and not that man, not that service station attendant, but you married the CEO, a very wealthy CEO of a Fortune 500 club. She thought for a minute, and she said, no, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking that if I had married him, he'd be the CEO and you'd be the gas station attendant. Pride, you know, it is something that has destroyed so many lives. It is something that stands in the way of you being admired, you being respected. Listen to what the Bible says. In Proverbs 15, verse 33, Wisdom instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor, before respect before admiration, before esteeming you, before lifting you up, before honoring you. Humility comes before that. Look at this verse. It's in Proverbs, again, Proverbs 29, verse 33. And this is out of the contemporary English version. It says this. It says, Too much pride brings disgrace, but humility leads to honor. Humility leads to being respected, to being honored, and to be lifted up. Now, what is it about pride? What is it about people in their arrogance and their prideful attitudes that just turn other people off? 
I don't know, but I know that we've all experienced it. We've all felt it. We all know when we're around somebody and they're arrogant and proud. They may be trying to pretend they're humble, but they're not. And you can just sense it. Do you want to be around a person like that? Well, no, I don't. Do you respect a person like that? No, I don't either. Your pride will rob you of the respect of other people faster than anything else. You know as well as I do that when you know somebody that is arrogant and prideful, when something happens in their lives that kind of knocks them down a peg or two, there's almost a sense of satisfaction that comes over you because you think in your heart, you may not say it, but you're thinking it. Well, they deserved it. That'll bring them down to where they need to be. Now they're not so high and mighty. It is almost impossible to respect or have respect for somebody that is consumed with pride and self-absorption and just thinking that everything about them is the most important thing or jealousy. Nobody respects that kind of a person. Some of the greatest, most respected leaders in the world were people that were humble people. They did great things. They accomplished great things, but they never, ever were prideful. Winston Churchill is a man like that. Winston Churchill took Europe through the Second World War and was just a humble man. And, you know, he's human and all of that. that we're not getting into that, but just a very humble man. One time a, a woman comes up to him after one of his political speeches and she said, I, I bet you are so just overwhelmed with pride at how many people come out to hear you speak when you speak. He said, it's, a, it's happened, you know, he said, I feel that way. He said, but here's what I do. Every time I start to feel that way, I just remember that if they were going to hang me in the morning, the crowd would be twice as big. You know, isn't that true? Isn't it true? Sometimes you and I have to think of something or at least have somebody to kind of ground us and bring us back down to earth because everybody has the, the propensity to be prideful. We think of ourselves as being the best. I'm not saying that we ought to think of ourselves in, as poor and, and worthless. That's not what the Bible teaches, but just a proper opinion of who you are, recognizing your strengths and your weaknesses. Nobody is going to respect you if you are consumed with pride. It always comes through. You want to know how to earn respect? Then humility is the way to do it. That you're not, you don't think less of yourself, you just put yourself in a position where it's not always having to be lifted up. This is one of the ways in which you will become a person that is respected. Here's the third one. The third thing that I want to share with you is this. You become a person that is respected through kindness and compassion. Kindness and compassion. In Proverbs 11, verse 16, listen to this. It says, A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Now, I have no idea why he's making a distinction between men and women here, okay? Because the same thing is true whether you're a man or a woman. But in that day and age, the men were usually the ones that were dominant and took care of everything and went after everything and consumed everything. And the women were the ones that were more compassionate Stay at home, tender, kind-hearted. And what he's trying to get us to see here is this, that when you are that way, then you'll be respected. When you are the opposite, 
harsh, rude, that sort of thing, then nobody's going to respect you. And this means that your children won't, your wife won't, your husband won't, co-workers, schoolmates, whatever. Nobody is going to show you respect when you are unkind or uncompassionate. I want to read you the story. Now, this is a story that, um, well, it's about a movie, actually. How, how many of you have ever seen the movie To Kill a Mockingbird? Remember? It's an old one, back in 1962. Now, this takes place, actually, back in the 40s, the, the storyline. It's back in the 40s in a little town in Georgia, and it's about segregation and all of that. Gregory Peck played the starring role in this movie. The movie was back in 1962 is when it happened. But I can remember this scene vividly when I saw the movie. Now, I can't remember much else, but I remember this. It's interesting that this uh, is part of this, this illustration. Here's, let me read this for you. It says, The 1962 film, The To Kill a Mockingbird, stars Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch. Atticus was a southern lawyer living in Macon, Georgia during the 1940s. Atticus is a widower raising two children while operating his own law practice. He defends a local black man named Tom Robinson who was accused of raping a local young white lady. The lawyer mounts a noble defense, one that leaves many highly doubtful of the defendant's guilt. However, most of the townspeople and the jury were not convinced. The father of the woman who was allegedly molested is outraged that Atticus would even defend a black man. After being tipped off that the mob was coming to break into the jail and take the prisoner and hang him, Atticus sits outside the jail guarding his client. Carloads of angry men arrive, some carrying rifles, and they threaten Atticus, demanding him to step aside. But he stands firm, and the men leave. After an emotional trial in which the accuser insists that the defendant is guilty and the accused tearfully proclaims his innocence, the all-white jury files back into the courtroom. Deliberations have concluded and a cloud of quiet anticipation settles over the segregated courtroom. The judge asks the gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? The jurors replied, guilty. At first, Atticus's eyes reveal shock and disbelief. He then gathers himself and directs his concern toward his client, pleading with him to remain hopeful and be patient while he works on an appeal. As the court clears and Atticus collects his papers, one by one, the black townspeople who were seated in the balcony, along with Atticus's two children, they stand up out of respect. A black minister says to Atticus's daughter, Miss Jean Louise, you stand up. Your father is passing by. And I'll never forget that in that scene because I, I remember the movie. There they were in the balcony and as, you know, all of the whites are, are people have gone now and Atticus is sitting there and he cannot believe it. He's fumbling through his papers. He gets them all up, stuffs them in a briefcase and he slowly begins to walk out and they're up in the balcony and I don't even know if he even saw it. But everybody stood up. Why? Respect. Never 
had they known a white man to show that kind of compassion and that much kindness to a black man accused of molesting a white woman. But yet Atticus did. Folks, if you're going to earn the respect of other people, you're going to have to be a person of kindness and a person of compassion. These are the things that people respect in other people. They respect their integrity. They respect their humility. And they respect their kindness and compassion. There's really no other way. Because why would somebody respect you because you can run a 100-yard touchdown or score 50 points in a basketball game? That doesn't garner respect. Not really. Not biblically. How would your life change if more people respected you? How would it change? How would it change if your spouse respected you? Whereas now they don't, for whatever reason. How would your life change if your children respected you? Whereas now they don't. How would your life change if the people at work respected you more? How would your life change, your witness change, if people in the community respected you? They lifted you up on a pedestal. They said, that's the kind of person that I not only want to be around, but I'd like to be like that too. How would your life change if people at church respected you? There's no shortcut here, okay? Respect is earned, and you and I have to work for it. We do. We have to work for it. I want to leave you with a challenge, and the challenge is this. I want you to pick one area of your life. Now, like I said, it could be one of these three because these are critically important. Or it could be other areas that you know in your life are causing you to not be respected. And I want you to work on it. But I want to focus on these three, okay? Your integrity. Your integrity. What kind of person are you when nobody's looking? You know, what happens in your home when nobody's around? What happens in in your business dealings behind the scenes that you think nobody knows about? What does your spouse really think of you? Your kids. Maybe integrity is the one you need to work on. That's where you fail the most is integrity. What about your humility, your pride? Are you so arrogant and prideful that you feel like you have to be the best and have the best and all of these things? And people resent it regardless of what they say to your face. They resent it. And if you're ever going to be respected by the people around you, then humility is something that you are going to have to have, not fake it's just it comes from a, a proper point of view, a proper, a proper opinion of who you are and what you have. Your kindness and compassion, maybe that's the one you need to work on. You feel sympathy, you feel empathy, you care about people, but you never go out of your way to show it. Do you ever display kindness to people? Do you ever display compassion? 
You think, you think now back. What's the question I asked you at the beginning of this message? Think of somebody that you respect. And how did they earn your respect? I'll bet you that some of you at least, the person that you chose, you chose because that person cared enough about you to show compassion when nobody else would. To show you compassion and love when maybe everybody else turned against you. To be there for you when you needed them the most. You know that person and that person will stick with you in your mind and in your heart forever because of what they did, that one simple act. Folks, maybe that's what it takes for you to become a more respected individual. Then work on that because remember, respect is earned. It's just not given. You have to earn it. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I I pray that as we come here in your presence, that we would really become serious about being people of respect. Uh, Our testimony, our witness, the, the way we live life. That, Father, we wouldn't just look at the great achievements in our lives and think, well, we're respected because we did such and such. But, Father, to look at the quality of our character, And to realize that real respect, biblical respect, comes our way because of the people that we are on the inside. Father, help us to become people of integrity. Help us, Father, to be honest in everything that we do. Help us, Father, to become people of compassion. People that aren't prideful. Change us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor. Make a couple of announcements, and then uh, don't don't leave because we've got something important we need to to uh, share with you, and and do something. And Arnold will come forward and do that in a moment. But let me just emphasize one or two things here that it's important. Uh, Cody called me last night, and we talked. And since he couldn't be here today, he asked me if I would emphasize some things. They need some volunteers in the uh, children's department. You'll notice in your worship guide some things that are happening pretty soon. Of course, Awana is still going on. Uh, but there's, there's some upcoming events that are going to be taking place. November the 5th, the Great Adventure. Now, you remember that's, that's the day that he's going to babysit all the children <laughs> in the church so you as parents can go shopping and get your Christmas shopping over with. It's been done before, and it's going to be tried again. But he, he does need some help there. So if you could do that. And you'd like to, and you're not going to be, maybe you got your shopping over with early, and you could help him out, then uh, please uh, let him know or, uh, and volunteer for that. And then on December the 12th, Doe Holy Night, they're going to be baking cookies, uh, and they're going to hear the story of Jesus, and he may need a little help there also. So just keep that in mind, if you would, if you're, if you're uh, interested in, in ministering to children, I think Cody would enjoy very much uh, working with you, and you'd enjoy him also, all right? Now then, I'm going to pray, and that will kind of dismiss us, but I'll also, don't get up and leave. Arnold will be coming here pretty you know, quickly.
But let me just encourage you. Don't forget your obligations to, to the church as you go by. When we dismiss in a moment, the offering box is back there in the back. And please be faithful to do that, okay? But let's pray and then just remain seated for a moment, okay? Thank you, Father, for this time together this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given to each of us that we might come and we might worship together. Thank you, Father, for once again reminding us this morning how important our lives are to other people and how we display our love for you or our lack of love for you 